Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's Sunday 7, we catch up on a week of lunar drama, hear about a significant breakthrough in fertility medicine, find out how AI can read minds and get a deep dive into the brain of Elon Musk. But first, on this day in 1956, the United Kingdom connected the world's first commercial nuclear power station, supplying electricity to the national grid. The reactor at Calder Hall served for 47 years and was part of the Sellafield site on the Cumbrian coast. It was a big week for the Earth's closest satellite, yes, the Moon. It started with Russia and an attempt to land the Luna 25 Explorer at the Moon's South Polar. The uncrewed mission was supposed to put Russia back into the race for space, but the current head of the Roscosmos Space Agency, Yuri Boroskov, says that the mission failed in part because of decades of inactivity. He describes how the mission ended in disaster. At 14.57, communication with the device was terminated and attempts to restore communication were unsuccessful. Due to the abnormal operation of the corrective propulsion system, the device switched to an open lunar orbit and, in fact, crashed into the surface of the moon. Russia's return to the space race is one of President Vladimir Putin's pet projects, but Alan Duffy of the Space Technology and Industry Institute says that Russia has made it harder for itself by diverting resources to their war on Ukraine. The fact they've had to pull out a lot of the critical technologies that partner agencies were providing, in particular the European Space Agency, made that challenge even harder. They are taking their best technologies and repurposing them for tools of war. That wasn't the only lunar mission this week, however, as India also aimed to land a craft, this one including a lunar rover on the dark side of the moon. Their mission went much better and the chairman of the India Space Research Institute was able to make a live announcement to the nation. Sir, we have achieved soft landing on the moon. India is on the moon. India's landing was hugely significant, making them only the fourth nation after Russia, the US and China to successfully land a craft on the moon and the first to touch down in the South Polar region. The Chandrayaan-3 rover now has about 14 Earth days to gather samples and send back data before its batteries run out. India has history with the moon. Its original Chandrayaan craft was the first to detect water on the moon back in 2008. And the South Pole region is believed to contain water and ice that would prove crucial for future manned missions, including NASA's Artemis. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi wasn't entirely exaggerating when he said this mission is important beyond just India. This success belongs to all of humanity and it will help moon missions by other countries in the future.
The Fukushima nuclear disaster took place in March 2011 when the most powerful earthquake ever recorded in Japan triggered a tsunami. That wall of water with 14-metre-high waves damaged the generators at the nuclear plant and caused the cooling system to fail. The Japanese government has been busy treating the radioactive water caused by the disaster and this week saw the start of a planned release of more than 1 million tonnes of treated radioactive water being released into the Pacific. The plan has been two years in the making and got approval from the UN's nuclear watchdog the IAEA just last month. Noriyuki Shikata, Cabinet Secretary for Public Affairs at the Prime Minister's office, says the water is now totally safe. According to scientific analysis in collaboration with the IAEA and the other uh, experts, we have concluded that, that this uh, release of uh, treated water uh, would be safe and would not harm, harm neither environment or would not damage uh, the credibility of uh, fish uh, to be distributed in the market. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has promised the local fishing industry that authorities will ensure safety and keep their businesses alive. Meanwhile, Japan's Tokyo Electric Power, TEPCO, said it would halt the release of treated radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear plant if any issues were found. Spokesman Yunichi Matsumoto outlined the plan. We are planning to release the water continuously, 24-7, over 17 days. If we see any failures in our systems, or any problems, we will halt the release immediately. Initial tests show that seawater remains within the recommended safety limits, but China hasn't taken the release program well, announcing that they're banning Japanese seafood, according to Deputy Director of Information at the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Wang Wenbin. It is unjustified, unreasonable. We urge Japan not to shift the risk of nuclear pollution onto the rest of humanity in pursuit of its selfish interest. Still to come on the Sunday 7, a new dawn in fertility medicine and AI might be reading your mind. This week saw a potentially huge breakthrough in medical science when it comes to fertility, as surgeons in Oxford announced that they'd successfully carried out the first womb transplant in the UK. It's now been six months since the procedure, and Imperial College's Professor Richard Smith, who led the team of surgeons, gave an update on the recipient's condition. He said an embryo transplant is on the horizon. So she's doing really, really well. She has started having menstrual periods, and that means her prospects of having a baby are very high, and we hope to be doing an embryo transfer in the autumn. The operation saw the womb transplant take place between two siblings, one of whom was born without a uterus. Chief Executive at the Fertility Network UK, Catherine Hill, says this breakthrough is a game changer. For fertility medicine, it's the dawn of a new era. It's going to give so much hope to those women. And it's really significant because up to now they've had very, very limited options. But even as science makes new strides in treatments, there was grim news from the US where the maternal mortality rate has increased again. The death rate has more than tripled in the last two decades, at a time when modern medicine has been making huge breakthroughs. One of the worst states for maternal health is Louisiana and OBGYN and former State Secretary of Health Dr. Rebecca Gee explained to 60 Minutes what's driving the issue. The high C-section rates have contributed, the lack of access to well woman care before and after pregnancies. 50% of the time, women don't get that postpartum care, which means they have untreated hypertension, untreated diabetes, untreated depression, the fact that we have racial bias in healthcare. And so all of these things are compounded, especially worse for low-income women.
Barely a week goes by without some news story about artificial intelligence and what it can do. It's been cited as one of the reasons for the actors and writers' strikes and every second ad on social media promises some new magical application for the technology. One area where AI genuinely does seem to be having a positive impact is in healthcare, where being able to put it to use on reviewing patient scans has shown positive results in the detection of abnormalities. Now, researchers in Singapore are using it to review brain scans and see if it can recreate the images seen on the scan. Essentially, they're asking it to read your mind. PhD student at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, Jiaxin Quing, explains how it works. So next time you come in, uh, you will do the scan, right? And in a scan, you will see the visual stimuli like this, and then we'll record your brain activities at the same time. And your brain activities will go into our AI translator, and this translator will translate your brain activities into a special language that a stable diffusion can understand. And then it will generate um, the images you are seeing at that point. So that's basically how we can read your mind in this sense. The technology is carefully modelled on the brain scans of individual participants, so it has a long way to go before it could be used widely. The researchers are developing detailed guidelines to protect private thoughts and limit the use of the technology. With Shen Jiao, another PhD student, is excited about the application for those who can't speak or need to control artificial limbs. Maybe we can help him to like uh, control their um, robots and um, communicate with others, like just uh, using their thoughts instead of speech. So to come on the Sunday 7, Will Guy gets under the skin of Elon Musk and we talk boobies. Right after this. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome back. Each week, our intrepid tech correspondent from the Smart 7, Will Guyatt, takes a look at the biggest stories in tech. And this week, well, once again, it's Elon Musk. So the New Yorker have had a pretty deep dive on our tech billionaire and Sunday 7 regular Elon Musk. What have they uncovered, Will? Yeah, this is an incredibly interesting and damning piece about Elon Musk. It's the suggestion that he's basically been using his influence globally now as the boss of SpaceX, the space rocket company. Uh, they have a, a satellite service now called Starlink, which is providing uh, internet via satellite around the world. And it's a sort of, unlike some of the satellite services of old, it's actually an incredibly effective service that, that works pretty much as well as 4G or 5G on your phones. And um, he's been using the weight of that to um, try and have conversations with uh, all kinds of people. It sounds like he's playing at being a global leader, but without any of that annoying demand 
democracy, right? He essentially gave some of these Starlink satellite units to the Ukrainian army and told them they could use them in areas where there was no communication. This came after uh, one of the Ukrainian ministers tweeted him directly. And they were given to the Ukrainian forces. They were using them in conflict against Russia. And there came to a point where essentially Elon Musk switched off GPS on these devices, which meant that they couldn't use global positioning. So soldiers effectively could not see where they were on the battlefield. And this came as a result of Elon Musk getting concerned that he was upsetting the Russians and the Chinese who were behind the Russians. So Elon Musk, man who thinks he's man of the good, man of the people, effectively steps into a massive geopolitical conflict by offering communications to one side of a war. And uh, so he, he essentially gets into a situation where he starts switching this off at crucial points despite offering the service to these soldiers. And on the opposite side of that, he started making noises to the US government claiming that they'd need to give him half a billion dollars a year in order for him to keep this service running for the Ukrainian army despite offering it to them. He was the guy who essentially donated it to them in, in, in quotation marks. So incredibly embarrassing this for, for Elon Musk. You sort of see the psyche of the man who was also being pressured behind the scenes by the Chinese who clearly back the Russians. And given Elon Musk currently builds Teslas in Shanghai, he was keen not to upset the, uh, the Chinese too. And then the bigger, bigger bombshell is that Elon Musk apparently started having direct phone conversations with Vladimir Putin, attempting to try and broker some sort of crazy peace deal outside of the understanding of the US government. So this was a man who waded into something way bigger than he should have gotten himself into. <laughs> What's this week's Twitter nonsense? Are we on a downward spiral with my favourite doom scrolling app? In a continuing race to the bottom, this week Elon Musk has decided essentially that soon if you click on a link on, on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it this week, you'll no longer have the headline and information about the story. You're just going to have the image on a, on a story from the link. Because Elon Musk says it, it looks better. It's an aesthetics, aesthetics thing. So essentially the main reason why most of us still use the platform to get news links and information from sites that people might think we're interested in, soon we're going to be guessing what the story is. You're just going to have a photograph, no, no text link, which is absolutely ridiculous. There was some good news for men this week with a proposal for a new screening program in the UK for prostate cancer. It's a form of cancer that has a 90% survival rate if caught early, but up until now there's been no reliable method of screening for it. There is a blood test which measures the levels of a protein called PSA, but that test is unreliable and can miss the cancer which develops slowly. But a new study which used a 10-minute MRI scan has shown promising results and could lead to a new UK-wide testing program for men aged 50 to 75. Professor Caroline Moore of the University College London Hospital was the chief investigator for the study and she says combining MRI scans and blood testing opens up new diagnostic possibilities. It's really that the MRI scan gives a really detailed set of pictures even with the short 10-minute scan compared to just the blood test alone. We do know that the combination can be most effective, but that you have to look at how much of the blood test there is for the size of the prostate. And the MRI scan gives us accurate information on that as well. But she's cautioning that not every case of prostate cancer needs surgery and overtreatment can be a real risk. 
that's a really important aspect of it. And that's because the reason that we don't currently have a prostate cancer screening program is that the blood test as the first original test followed by a standard biopsy leads to many men being told they've got a prostate cancer which would never have caused them any harm. So some of those men would be monitored for it and some would be treated. And that combination of over-treatments, treatments for cancers that wouldn't grow and become troublesome, and even being diagnosed and monitored is problematic. What? Who doesn't love boobies. A bird watching boat full of booby lovers headed to Cornwall on Thursday after a rare red-footed booby was spotted in the UK for only the second time ever. The bird is a native of the Galapagos Islands and spends most of its entire life at sea but rarely travels outside of its local warm water zones. The bird was seen perched on the Bishop Rock Lighthouse four miles west of Sicily and these booby hunters who flocked south overnight from across the country were delighted when they finally caught a glimpse. Oh, and I wouldn't search for booby images if you're at work. I've actually seen a lot of red-footed boobies this year in Hawaii, uh, but I need it for what's known as my UK list. I've seen a red-footed booby and saw it's just wonderful. We've been around lots of different rocks trying to find it. Last chance saloon, the fat lady was singing. <laughs> and we got it. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing, remarkable, yeah. elated. Really special, really, really special. Didn't expect to see it, I'd pretty well given up. It made us sweat, this one, I'd have to say. The despondency was setting in. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.